first of all, I will be involved in putting together a dance event, uh, which is going to be an intergenerational event, uh, focusing on bringing uh, the best of young South Asian uh, talent uh, in Britain to the festival, and uh, especially presenting a form called Kuchipuri, which is quite a rare South Asian dance form. Uh, but we will have children, moms, elderly, all performing uh, different uh, pieces for the festival and to really uh, interact and engage with the audience and bring it all alive. So that is the first part of the festival in which I'm engaged. And the second is also very exciting. So towards uh, October, there is uh, an event at the British Library, uh, which is to celebrate uh, Bangladesh independence. And I am also involved in creating and performing a piece uh, together with um, Mukul and Ghetto Tigers and Tamarind Theatre and putting together a wonderful piece, which is based on uh, Kasi Nazrul Islam, who was one of the rebel poets of Bangladesh, and to bring his wonderful uh, poetry alive, celebrating, uh, you know, the freedom of Bangladesh. So these are the two pieces that I'm involved in. And I feel it's already a family that I work with. So I'm really excited to bring all of this together and present it to all of you in autumn. Ah, I really like that. And um, it sounds like it's really, really in depth and almost based around like storytelling. Yes, you got that. Yes. So Indian dance, especially the dance form that I do, is very, um, uh, you know, heavily involved in dance theater. So storytelling through hand gestures, body movement, eye movement. I mean, really every part of the body uh, dances, including your eyebrows and your eyes. <laughs> so so we bring stories alive. And uh, of course, we will be bringing all of these wonderful stories alive. Some pieces may also be abstract. We just celebrate movement and they're quite perky and fast. And some pieces are a little bit more about storytelling. We also have a little sneak peek into one of our new pieces on climate change uh, because I feel that children should really learn their responsibility right from a very young age about climate change and they have been doing uh, such hard work in really putting this piece together. So there are different aspects of uh, storytelling that we are bringing together and as I said it's going to be a wonderful bouquet of dances. Nice and um you said a little bit earlier that uh you guys have like quite a different range of ages um do you mind if you if you know um what's the youngest age and then what's the oldest age of dancers that will be performing of course so so my group which is arunima kumar dance company we are one of the largest inclusive intergenerational uh dance groups specializing in kuchipuri south asian dance in the uk and uh, i work with children i work with elderly i work with moms i work with people with special abilities so for this particular event i will be bringing together children and the youngest is probably four years old and she's very good and the oldest and I know she's going to kill me for this is about 67 <laughs> so so yes but uh, we we are also working uh, through the summer with Age UK Kensington and Chelsea and if I find some brilliant talent in that I might ask them to join us as well so we uh, you know it's uh, for me art is about really you know bringing people together and celebrating dance and celebrating life so anyone who 
you know, wants to be part of that philosophy is welcome to come and dance with us. When I started working with uh, early year groups, I thought I'll just go in and, you know, do some very basic movements, but they surprised me. They, uh, you know, they just surpassed my expectations every time. I do not prompt them while they're dancing. And I do want to share that we had, you know, one of our first uh, really big high profile performances was at Westminster Abbey where, Again, one of our really, you know, the youngest group started the performance and they were also very worried because they said, no, no, the four-year-olds will come and, you know, it's the Abbey and how how is it all going to work? They went, they started. And when they started, you know, the whole kind of, uh, you know, piece came together and they were so brilliant. And since then, I have so much confidence that I'd always love to start, you know, with their age group. Nice. Okay, so you do kind of, um, I guess, introduce dance or dancers of that age right up until they're adult and stuff that's cool yes it's almost like they grew up with me and it's wonderful so when they are little you know they hold my hand they look at my dress and you know they are all so loving then they grow up to be teenagers so I also run the Arunima Kumari young uh, you know dance company so youth dance company which is really about celebrating the young rising stars of Britain in South Asian dance and so you know when they are the teenage group uh, or teenage kind of age you know it, it starts to change my relationship and then when they get a bit older then they come back and then they are just you know fabulous for life so it's wonderful to see them grow just how I the relationship that I had with my teachers while growing up and you know in India the relationship between a teacher and a student is very sacred so we call it guru shishya parampara it's really a guru for life you know a mentor for life and I have tried to instill the same relationship and the same values you know in my teaching in Britain. I know that you started um, dancing at quite a young age I'm not sure that it was quite four years old (laughs) but it wasn't that much older to be honest with you and I guess I just wanted to ask like how it is that you got into dance is it how is it that you started what is what did you do was it yeah you're right so I started when I was probably six or seven Mm -hmm. and as I said I'm completely you know amazed how such young children, you know, uh, age three or four come in and then just get on with it. You know, I think when I was three or four, I didn't even know my right hand from my left hand. But, you know, these children, they're just brilliant. Uh, They are just so ahead of the curve. Uh, So I started dancing. I'm told that I was always dancing as a child. And, uh, you know, any if I would listen to any music, I would just start dancing. And so my mother put dance class, a formal dance class when I was six or seven. And because Indian dance or especially classical Indian dance, the South Asian classical dance is quite technical uh, and a little bit more complicated. You know, they start a little bit late in India. uh, But I think the children uh, now, you know, everywhere in the world, they're exposed to so many things like ballet and, you know, I mean, they have tennis lessons for three years old, you know. So I think they are much more exposed so they are able to have a better attention span than probably I did <laughs> so I started when I was six or seven but I guess now the children start early and it was my mother who spotted my talent or my love for dance and she put me in a dance class and I never left <laughs> and was it um I'm probably going to mispronounce it so forgive me uh Kuchipudi dance that you started with or was it something else and then you kind of um moved into that sector of dance at a later at a later time I did start with Kuchipudi and Kathak and okay. uh, I'm told that I enjoyed Kuchipudi more I loved my teacher mm-hmm. and so because I was so inspired by, by my teacher 
I, uh, you know, my Kuchipudi teacher, I think I just, at that age, it was more about the impression and about the love for my teacher that I continued. And, um, and then, of course, because I used to love dancing uh, and performing, you know, I've, all, I've always enjoyed performing. So that's why I encourage children to perform. And it's not just about being perfect. It's also about really sharing the joy of dance with others, just like I, you know, had those experiences while growing up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so for me, that is, uh, you know, I started with Kuchipuri and Kathak, but I kind of held on to Kuchipuri. Nice. And I guess that was a part of the teacher's influence in helping you decide which one to kind of stick to. And then you've carried on that idea with your own students now, which is nice. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's really cool. Um, so Kuchipuri is one of like the few or I think there's like eight or nine like classical dances in India, right? Um, Very good. You've done your research. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, So how does it differ from, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like commercial Indian dance, so things like Bollywood and and that kind of thing. What is the differentiating factor between them? So it I mean, the Indian classical dance forms, uh, you know, have a very uh, fixed vocabulary and structure and technique. Uh, so whether it's Bharatanatyam, Kathak, Odissi, Kuchipuri, uh, they all originate from a different part of India and they all have a different history. So even within the classical Indian dance forms, uh, they all have a very, very unique um, you know, place of origin. So Kuchipuri, which is the dance form that I do, originate from south of India in a place called Andhra Pradesh. And there is a village called Kuchipuri, which was, uh, you know, which has, which was gifted away by the king who saw a, a dance performance and then freed the village from taxes because he was so happy seeing that performance and he wanted the villagers to continue to practice and propagate the dance form and so he freed them you know from taxes so that they could just focus on the dance form and the tradition lives on uh, and the unique thing about Kuchipuri is that it is historically uh, only male Brahmins only men were allowed to dance women did not dance Kuchipuri and um it was a dance theater format. It was an operatic style. So you sing and you dance and you normally had a lot of storytelling, just like, you know, opera. And you also had a kind of moral, uh, you know, value at the end of the piece so that people watching would always take something positive away from the performance and use it in their daily life. So that was the origin. And of course, in terms of the look and structure, it, it involves very sculpturous postures. Um, it is very fast and rhythmic. And as I said, it has a lot of dance theater and a lot of use of expression and storytelling. So there are various beautiful aspects of the form. Now, incidentally, I'm not from Kuchipuri or I'm not from that particular area in India. I'm from the north of India. It was just that my mother saw this beautiful dance form uh, being performed and she fell in love with it. So I started doing that. And my natural choice being from the north would have been Kathak because Kathak originates from north of India. But because, you know, my mother initiated me and because I had a great teacher and I loved the form, you know, I kind of uh, stuck by it. It is quite different to Bollywood. So normally when people think of Indian dance, you're right. They think of Bollywood and Bollywood is amazing. It's fun. It's celebration. It's all of that. But Bollywood is more kind of popular dancing 
or as you said, commercial dancing. It is not classical. So a classical Indian dancer perhaps can do Bollywood very easily, uh, you know, but a Bollywood dancer may not be able to do a classical Indian dance because it requires years of rigorous training. It's a little bit like ballet. So Kuchipudi, you know, I would kind of put in the same category as ballet, which has a very strict format and technique and involves a lot of discipline and training uh, as and and then versus, say, salsa, which you can just go and dance or, you know, kind of pop dance and all of that. So I think that is kind of where we distinguish between Bollywood and Kuchipudi. But having said that, Kuchipudi is a lot of fun as well. And recently we've done a K-pop piece uh, fusing Kuchipudi with K-pop. So I love K-pop. I love (laughs) K-pop. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yeah, so we might bring that to to the festival as well because the piece has gone very well. We've seen how like ballet has kind of like progressed into uh, like modern and contemporary. And then you have like loads of different fusion pieces that come out of that. Um, So what I was going to ask you is whether or not you guys have any fusion pieces. And I guess K-pop is one of them. But do you guys have any others? Yes, many. Uh, I mean, for me, dance is dance, right? So I feel Kuchipuri has a unique identity, but it must grow. It must extend itself. It must cross boundaries. And it has been my endeavor to constantly innovate. If I watch something or if I hear something that intrigues me or excites me, I you know, I want to work with it. So I heard a beautiful Japanese drummer um, and uh, I, I actually went for a piece called Samurai. I don't know if you've seen it, which is just about, uh, you know, lots of Japanese drummers and, uh, you know, kind of coming and drumming away. And I love the sound of that. And so I used it in one of my pieces, uh, you know, a, a, a Japanese drummer. I worked with contemporary dance, so really created a duet, which was on a social piece uh, based on, you know, kind of domestic violence so I love to work with uh, other forms whether it's dance whether it's music whether it's even visuals Um, recently I worked with a piano uh, a pianist and her name is Preeti and she created a piece called Elegy based on you know what she felt during the pandemic and the grief and the anxiety and so I created a Kuchipuri piece on that and I've shot it in the cemetery and because I felt that you know that's what that's what kind of you know I felt within uh so it's it's really about what I what I want to create and what I feel and what is the theme and then what blends in best and it and uh you know literature or text it doesn't have to be Indian it it is basically you know universal because dance is a universal language so wherever I feel I either want to have fun or I want to Uh, you know, have a debate or I'm just feeling so stuck and frustrated that I want to create a piece to kind of let me free. So then I kind of, you know, try and see what would work best and several, several examples of how we have worked with, you know, different pieces and different musicians. We, I last year created a piece on Shakespeare's sonnets because I went to work with a particular musician and I was waiting for her. And I saw this rehearsal where they were just reading sonnets. And I never, you know, I never heard those Shakespeare sonnets and I never thought that they would kind of touch me so much. So I created a piece with the Shakespeare sonnets uh, and it it was beautiful and it was with a cellist and an Indian musician and, uh, you know, person who read the sonnets in English and I created a Kuchipudi piece on it. So 
anything that inspires me it's whether you know if it's artistic i kind of pick it up and 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 work with it i really like that i mean like you said like dance is a universal language and it's amazing how you can use like any part of your body to express pretty much anything um so mm-hmm. i did dance a level for example so we studied swan song um which was oh, wow a piece based on like the Chilean war and stuff and I was just like but they're acting but they were dancing like do you know what I mean and like even using things like tap dance to kind of um convey like a conversation between the two officers is just like this is really broadening my mind right now like it's crazy yes I mean there are a lot of aesthetics I mean that's why I love being in England because I think there is you just have you know a whole palette of art and artists to work with and there's just you, you see such amazing things you know every day that inspire you and it's it's you know it's it's a great place to really you know extend your form it's it's always a challenge really you know the starting point is always challenging like i, I mean even with this k-pop project it was actually the place uh you know they they reached out and said we're doing this work with k-pop would you like to get involved frankly speaking i didn't even know what k-pop was so i went to my girls and i said does anybody you know want to be part of this k-pop project and of course they all loved it they said <laughs> what are you saying please say yes and it was only when i heard it and then i said oh my god it's got the vibe that we can really work with mm-hmm. and then we just loved it and you know we were dancing k-pop all the time so we even changed our costuming and you know we put a little braids in and colored our hair and very out of the box and very rebellious for kuchipudi Mm-hmm. but we did it you know so it's 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 how you kind of work with it and what you feel artistically can connect you can't really have both in their own place and then just try and bring it together for the sake of it you know you have to see what is going to work artistically with each other and at the end of the day it's all art so it's brilliant yes yes it is um i mean we've spoken loads about like your dance company you talk about the girls quite a lot was it 2012 that you founded the dance company uh yes about around that time i used to work in the corporate sector and yes. i was in finance and i always i was always dancing even as a young child mm-hmm. but i always had a different career you know arts was not my main career uh and and then i decided that i was not doing enough of dancing because my job you know required me to travel and i was heading uh, uh you know the hr department for europe and it was kind of taking up a lot of my time mm-hmm. so i just wanted some time off and i took a year off to dance and i never went back and that's when i founded the company so i have been i mean i was dancing in the country for a longer period but it was only then that i started the company because then i realized that there was a lot that needed to be done both in terms of you know my own development as well as the development of the form as well as advocacy for diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. and so you know so therefore that journey began in 2012 ah oh, that's really lovely like you do so much i mean outside of running an entire company you have like your own charities that you do and they are also very um inclusion and diversity based you know like you work with people from uh different like socioeconomic backgrounds and just try to get everybody to almost be them best their best selves like from what i was reading that's what i've deduced and i was just like this is this is amazing like this isn't something that you see every day and i feel like you should just be very proud of yourself um because it's a hard task you know and i know that um 
you've said that working in the prisons has like really helped a lot of the women and their families that are there and stuff but not everybody is going to be um open to almost like bettering themselves especially being in the position that they are in um so I guess I wanted to ask like how easy has that been integrating Kuchipudi dance into people from like different backgrounds and how is it that you've kept going even though there may have been like pushback that's a very good question uh you know so there are days when it's very hard I remember I went to a drug rehab center for youth in in the UK and it you know it I went in and no one was responding I had a whole kind of workshop planned with learning outcomes and I had somebody filming me from the council you know as to how the workshop would go and nobody was responding they didn't even look at me they didn't even want to have anything to do with me they just kept looking at the time that when is she going to leave you know like this is really uh, you know, it's not working. And I, you know, I kept lo- losing my motivation because I was there to really share and have fun. And I had this brilliant thing planned, which in my mind would work, but nothing worked. And so I said, okay, here we go. You know, uh, we have last 25 minutes left. And uh, is this is there something you want to say to me? I mean, is, anything that you'd like to share even just say hello and uh, or maybe can I listen to your music and then they said yeah you want to listen to our music I said yeah so then they started playing some music on their phone and I said okay do you want to do something to this and then they said okay but we want to do our own dance and I said okay do your own dance (laughs) and we've just had ribbon dance before this so we're really not interested in following instructions I said all right you know we'll go with what you want and so they started dancing and you know kind of doing whatever they wanted to do and I started dancing and doing whatever I wanted to do and slowly we started creating movements which you know sometimes I would create a movement and they would take that in sometimes they would create when I would take that in and suddenly there was like some choreographic work going on over there (laughs) and we had a great time and we didn't know and 25 minutes passed and then they just didn't want to end so I would say that the the Yes, it it ended out okay, you know, it ended up okay. But the starting point was I was losing, I was I was losing my mind because nothing was working. So there are days when that will happen. There are days when I go and work and I come back emotionally exhausted. You know, for example, when I work in hospitals, like I work in Chelsea hospitals for the terminal, a terminally ill patients, and then I go in and I you know, and I have a great time with them and we, you know, share dance and stories and I come back and, you know, I I, I kind of, you know, and then I'm grateful to God for what I have. So these are really real, uh, you know, experiences in life where you learn something every day. And I don't think dance is just about being perfect. You know, my my original kind of aim in dance when I was learning was to be, you know, this perfect dancer, perfect costume, perfect posture, no kind of faltering on stage, not even a you know, second of light can go haywire. But slowly I have seen, no, arts is about connecting. Like when I work in hospitals and, you know, a child who has drip all over his body mm-hmm. just raises a little finger and responds to you, that is art. So similarly in prison it was very interesting because I you know I uh, I used to work there for uh, a dance I mean I people call it dance therapy I don't know what is therapy and who's getting kind of uh, the therapy but you know you go in and you learn so much because you feel again that they are caught up in a difficult situation and sometimes you know it's not their fault 
uh, it's just bad timing, you know, or, or a very bad situation. Uh, and sometimes you meet people who are genuinely, uh, what shall I say, not very good. <laughs> so they are, they are genu- genu- genuinely crooked, you know. And I had this experience in the prison because when I was working with them, there was one lady and she, you know, she thought I was a journalist because she, I would go in every day and I would have this session. And this, you know, she, you want to write a book and do you want to get famous? Because that's why you're coming here and you will get all these experiences and you write down something in your diary and you want to get famous. And I said, no, no, I don't want to get famous. I just come here for this. And, you know, but she was genuinely crooked. She didn't have any kind of, uh, you know, lament of what she had done or who she was. She wanted to be, you know, who she is. And she wanted to be a, a thief. She wanted to be, uh, you know, a, a person who ran, she ran a prostitution racket and she wanted to be crooked because she said, well, you know, society also needs me. Uh, so there are, there are different and difficult situations like that when, you know, it comes to it. But it's about how do you negotiate and how do you, you know, and, 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 and also what you're learning from it and what are you giving through it. But she and I had a really good conversation and I said, you know, do you pray or do you do you have some, you know, letting go of yeah. who you are and your identity? And, you know, she said, shared some experiences which were in 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 her kind of, you know, value set. OK, so sometimes you will be able to solve it. Sometimes you won't. But it's about really having, you know, I'm very grateful that have had, you know, this, you know, these kind of experiences which have taught me and really humbled me as a person. I don't think I'm right always. I've made many errors. I have made many mistakes on the way. But every time I learn, you know, and it's really important to falter as well. And um, and these these are really important. Like last year during the pandemic, it was so difficult. And our my entire focus shifted on arts and well-being because I saw that, again, on the screen, it was so hard for people to respond to what I was doing, especially in a complex form like Kuchipuri. Mm-hmm. But it was about connection. It was about meeting each other every week and saying hello and see how we're doing and you know helping each other's mental and physical health. And that became a really important part of you know my work last year. Uh, so it kind of you know organically evolved sometimes and it's wonderful. I think as long as our minds are open, the universe, you know, throws things at us. 100%. Very long answer to your question. Though, so. <laughs> no, but I liked it. It was very detailed and it makes it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I've worked with visually impaired people and I'm very thankful to Baluji, uh, you know, who involved me in his projects. And I have learned so much from from people who are, you know, perhaps blind, but they have much more vision than so many other people who can see, you know, who are perhaps sightless. So I feel, you know, these things, there is an exchange of, you know, so many things within that experience that who, who is really providing therapy, you don't know, but it's just the exchange that is therapeutic to both parties. I feel it's not just that I'm doing it for somebody, you know, Uh, I think it's both parties doing it for each other. And as long as, you know, when you think about it like that, like you think about it as a genuine carer that you care and then you also get care in return. You know, like those people who were blind. I remember one morning I went in and they said, you, you sound exhausted just from my hello. <laughs> and, and there were all my friends sitting around me and they didn't notice it. But 
you know the blind the the blind musicians they they said arunima what happened you sound exhausted oh, so God. it is that you know and that to me is precious yeah i know it is it is it's like it's really hilarious that obviously the people that can see you and that that, that were with you didn't notice it at all that you were like tired no yeah exactly <laughs> they were just like this <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you know they got it you did yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i guess it comes from like all of us just always operating on autopilot you know we don't think about anything we're constantly on the go we're like okay now we've got to do this and we've got to do this whereas like last year was just a whole reset it took it gave people sort of time to breathe so my final question for you is what is the furthest country that dance has taken you and then which one of those is your favorite furthest i think fiji um and uh which one is my favorite i would say Australia. I loved Australia. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today, Arunima. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like I've learned quite a bit as well, which is cool. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.